Hi, I'm Gassien. I play for Ori Hockey Club in Brussels, Belgium, and you're listening to Talk Hockey Radio. Welcome to a Talk Hockey Radio special. I'm your host, Simon Webb. I'm joined today by someone who is an inspiring role model, someone who invites a lot of pressure on themselves, puts in hours, days, weeks of travel for her craft, and whose role is largely a thankless one, but nevertheless essential to the game. They have been an international umpire since 2008, and in 2018, they were named the Belgian Umpire of the Year. They are known for having a near-constant beautiful smile while on the pitch. Welcome, Celine Martin-Schmitz. Hello, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. So, uh, Celine recently uh, was part of the Pro League relaunch as things got going again over in uh, Holland and then in Belgium. And uh, we're going to take the chance to talk about a few things to do with a return to play, return to play in the Honor Division, but also about Celine herself and her journey in hockey. Um, so, obviously, I've I've given a brief introduction, but I guess there's probably no one better place to introduce you than you. Uh, so, do you mind just telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I started playing hockey when I was uh, five years old, so a long time ago. Uh, and I started umpiring uh, really soon when I was like uh, 12, uh, 13, because uh, I was thinking it was a, a good way to, uh, to support my sport. And uh, yeah, I was uh, not too bad, so I decided to, <laughs> to pass the test and become a national umpire. So I think it was around uh, when I was 16 years old. And uh, since then, uh, I've been doing both. Uh, I played top level, but I was better umpire. So for the moment, I play in the, in the second team in my club. Uh, and I'm umpiring uh, top level hockey in Belgium. And uh, I'm getting to the top in the international as well. And what do you do outside of uh, hockey? Um, I work in an IT company. as like... Uh, project manager, if we can say that, but I'm more uh, multifunction uh, for my team. So we have a, a team with 16 people and uh, we're doing um, uh, IT applications, uh, like different type of applications. Cool. Um, so I hadn't realized you started so young at umpiring. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it's like in Belgium, but in the UK, it tends to be more like you're in your mid-teens uh, to, to late-teens uh, when you decide to start taking umpiring more seriously. Um, so you, you're just giving back to the sport? Is it something that you just wanted to do to help? Uh, it's, I was really involved. Uh, all my family was really involved in my club. So I spent, uh, when I was young, <laughs> I spent a lot, a lot of time uh, around the hockey pitch. So during small tournaments or during practice game, I was always there. So I started using the whistle to help the people and uh, I was I was quite good I, uh, I had no fear with the with the adult so uh, I was often on the pitch and that's how I start and as I was getting a little bit older uh, I said oh why not uh, doing that as a like a student job <laughs> uh, as a national umpire and it's how it starts but it was more to help my club I was around I like the sport so it was uh, normal for me to to do that cool um, so obviously you sort of started your journey uh, on the pitch just getting involved trying to help out um, as you were developing did you have any sort of umpiring role models people that you looked up to or were sort of in awe of 
Um, not really. Um, so I knew we had Christian Asselman who was uh, doing a great job, but uh, she was like a bit older than me. So uh, I've never seen her on the pitch, but uh, I know her name and I met her and I had discussion with her. But um, so I knew her, but uh, I was, as I was developing, I had people helping me, but uh, not especially, especially role model. It was more uh, when Lorraine started and uh, as she was uh, going fast and as she was really, really good and talented, uh, I started taking example to, to be able to grow as well. But uh, before that, it was more like trying by myself. And I had some mentors in Belgium helping me. But it was, yeah, try and, uh, and fail and try again. Cool. Now, um, you're known uh, in the umpire world for just having this near constant smile. Um, why are you, how are you so happy? Uh, for most of us, when we're umpiring, it's uh, a challenge to grin. Uh, and since speaking to you last summer, I've made it a mission of mine to try and be happier on the pitch when I'm umpiring. But how do you do this? Why is it so natural for you? Um, but I smile all the time, not on the hockey pitch only. <laughs> but um, I um, uh, quite early, I understood that if I was not uh, enjoying what I was doing, it was not going to be to be fun. So this is why I'm smiling. When I'm on the pitch, I'm happy to uh, as a player or as an umpire. So I'm focused inside, but uh, I'm happy to be there. So, yeah. And also uh, I had... Uh, to deal with stress because at the beginning I was really uh, stressed inside, uh, too much focus and it was uh, looking not that uh, easy on my face. So I started smiling to be more relaxed and it, it helps. So I kept that for now <laughs> and I try to do that to apply that uh, in every game and keep uh, smiling and enjoying. Cool. Um, so something that uh, I think you've kind of pushed again recently is to promote uh, girls and women in umpiring in Belgium. Could you just talk a little bit about what you're going on and, and what the uh, challenges are that you face? So in Belgium, we are like um, 250 umpires, but uh, only 20 women. And it's really uh, not enough. Uh, we have the chance to have uh, good young women umpires, but uh, yeah, as I say, not enough. So um, I haven't done much. I, I really want to do more, but uh, the, the time is running and I have my job and everything all together. It's not that easy. So it's more on the, uh, on the social media. I try to uh, make the promotion, like look at the girls, uh, encourage them. Uh, every time I have the occasion, I try to go and, and watch the games to, just to be there. I'm not telling I'm the best, but just to be there. And uh, I know sometimes it can be uh, stressful to be on the pitch with men, especially when they have like uh, 18 years old or 19. They are way bigger than us. And so we need to, to go there and uh, go on the pitch. So it's more like to show them that I'm there and uh, I can give them support if they need it. But uh, I'm not able to do what I really want to do uh, to support them, but uh, I tried step by step uh, to yeah to show them that uh, it's a good way on being on the pitch and uh, 
people respect that, I think. Uh, something that I think you've done for a while in Belgium and perhaps other countries should follow suit is the fact that you do mix up the men and the women in the domestic league. So over here, it doesn't happen so much. I, I can remember Francis Block got um, appointed to umpire our men and some of them didn't know who she was. And initially, when she turned up, you could see on their faces, they thought, oh my God, I've got a girl. And then they, they saw how good she was. And comfortably, I can say, without a doubt, in the 15 years or so I've been with the club, she is the best umpire we've ever had. Um, what's it like in Belgium in terms of the reaction of the players when yourself or another lady turn up to umpire the men? Are they supportive? Do they understand? Do they, do they welcome it? Um, I think it was always the way... We, we have done that always because we don't have the choice. Like We are not uh, enough women, so we can't umpire only women. So... Since I'm umpiring, I've been doing mostly men, uh, with a man. So it's always like that. And with the time, because I'm in hockey for a long time now, they know me. And uh, when I came in the, in the honor division in Belgium, I don't think it's different. The, they trust you. They think that if you're on the pitch, it's because you, you can do it. And I've never seen any difference in a men's game or a women's game. Like, people are reacting exactly the same. They know we are only 20, so when they have a woman, it's like, ah, oh, yay, lucky. <laughs> but now, I don't know. I don't think the players react differently if it's a, a woman or a man coming on the pitch. They are really, really respectful with that. And I have never had any problems with umpiring men or women. It's no difference for me. Cool. Um, so... We touched on it briefly earlier, and I think last time we spoke, you were playing for Namur. I think you might have moved clubs, possibly. Yeah. Um, where are you now? I play in Parc in Brussels, in other game. I do, uh, yeah. I play in the, in the second team uh, with all my, my old teammates. Uh, so I used to play in Parc like seven, eight years ago when I was uh, still studying. And it's all my old teammates uh, playing in the, in the second team now. So it's, uh, yeah. Fun and to how, to play with them again. And how's the season going? Yes. Obviously, it's been a, a little bit up in the air, I imagine, because of COVID. But uh, is it a good season? Yeah, yeah. We just uh, move up to uh, the second division in the in the league that we are. So it's a uh, it's quite good level, and uh, so it's it's really nice. And uh, we have yeah draw and lose, but uh, mostly wins. So it's good. It's nice. <laughs> Um, and with that sort of uh, topic in mind, um, I had a bit of a challenge for you. Uh, so I was wondering if you could come up with a five-a-side team, so five players who are umpires that you would pick in your own team if you could. Oh, that's a, a difficult question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I will, I will play with my old teammates like uh, Cecile, Céline... Uh, um, Babs and or Sophie probably. <laughs> I didn't know you used to play with them. Yeah, that, that's a pretty yeah. good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry, it was a bit of a, an, an off guard one there. Um, and then the sort of the last sort of silly question I had, I'm just going to present my screen to you briefly. Uh, I was going to ask if you could have a look at these photos and just talk us through what's going on in these pictures I'm about to show you and a bit of context. Uh, so hopefully you can see this. Yes. Uh, yes, I did. I did read your Facebook just before. This. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so, uh, so just just for benefit of the listeners if they, we will stick these on instagram if we can uh but we've got a picture here of uh, celine doing a thumbs up uh with uh, the african continent i think uh on her shirt so do you want to sort of tell us what's happening here so uh, i had uh, the great opportunity to go in uh, in egypt to do a, a tournament uh, i think three years ago and um, so it was uh, the first time I think that the Egyptian ladies were playing in a tournament. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really amazing tournament, different level from uh, the, the the top uh, level hockey. But uh, I, I learned a lot of, of things, and um, uh, I've met a lot of new people, and it was really a, a great tournament. Um, some of us got sick about the food, but uh, I was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was still good after ten days of tournament, so uh, it was yeah uh, one of the the best tournaments uh, I have done in terms of uh, of difference and culture and um, yeah it was amazing and I was happy you can see my face yes. yeah it's <laughs> amazing to be part of history there I hadn't realized that that's very cool uh, so the next one's a bit more recent I think yeah that was the the championship in uh, in Antwerp uh, last summer. So, uh, yeah, not last summer, the one before, the one we could play. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, had the chance to do my, uh, my first uh, European Championship uh, with uh, Lorraine and Sébastien Duterme in Belgium. So uh, it was really an amazing uh, tournament at home with the home crowd. So, uh, yeah, I feel really lucky I was there and I'm looking for... Uh, next June, June to go to Amsterdam to, to do it again yeah, and uh, be better again. <laughs> oh, you were, I thought you were great in this tournament. <laughs> right, and then the last one. Oh, that's a long time ago. So on that picture, you have me, Virginie and Lorraine. And it was, uh, I think, at the beginning of my umpiring in indoor. Uh, Lorraine was playing and Virginie as well. And um, yeah, it was the... Happy moment at the end of the tournament when you can uh, when you can have a chat with your team. So uh, that was that picture, but a long time ago. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Uh, I just thought, yeah, I thought it'd be a nice little thing to to go and have a look at those. Um, so the return to pro league was uh, obviously a bit of a funny one. Um, wasn't exactly as I think the FIH expected it to be. Uh, how did it come about that yourself and the other umpires became involved? So. Um, Normally, um, I had games like in London last week. I was supposed to go to London. And I think that was my only appointment for Pro League uh, for the, this part of the season. And then uh, we got an email uh, telling us like, oh, um, in, uh, in case uh, we need more umpires, are you available? So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in Belgium. I can, I can go, no problem. And... Um, so the, the, this was, uh, they the, asked the question, I think, in like to 10 umpires. And uh, I had facilities with my job uh, and I still have holidays. So I was available and this is why I was on the pitch, I think, because it was really hard to find people available and um, uh, with the possibilities to travel a bit, uh, with the quarantine and everything. So, uh, yeah, I was really lucky to be available and uh, with my job so i was really really lucky to be on on that pitch for pro league <laughs> cool i think it was from from the outside uh it was really well done um you know as a spectator working sitting from home watching it on my ipad uh, i think it went really well um 
did did you have any concerns going into it? Just for the context, if anyone listening doesn't know, uh, what ended up happening was we had two Dutch and two Belgian umpires attending uh, for, I think it was for four games, wasn't it? So Holland against Britain, and then was it Belgium against Britain? And Or did, did you also have Belgium against uh, Holland as well? Yeah, so we had 10 games in total, uh, men and women, uh, five women and five men, obviously. Uh, two were uh, Netherlands against uh, Great Britain, uh, going back yeah, twice. And then uh, twice uh, Belgium against, against Great Britain, Great Britain. Oh, sorry. And then the sure. last one, uh, Belgium versus uh, the Netherlands. So it was uh, yeah, 10 in total, five women, five men. And it was only the four of us. So we split uh, all games by the four of us, like two on the pitch, uh, one reserve, one video, and uh, changing every day. So it was uh, uh, funny, uh, unexpected, but uh, I was really pleased to uh, have that experience because like, you have the same players for like, uh, we have seen the same player for like three or four days in a row, uh, different uh, games, but uh, yeah, so it was strange experience but really uh, really nice was it hard not to because obviously normally when you umpire at tournaments you don't see the same player for quite a long time you might umpire them in game one but you probably won't see them again until maybe a quarter or a semi-final was it hard to not become over familiar and to treat each game in isolation no i think it's like uh we had the same the same uh, uh question before and when you are on the game, it's like a blue team against uh, a white team or whatever, or red against white, and you don't think about the players or uh, what's going on beside that. So it's just a team against another one, and uh, and you you just go like that. And it was the same with the with the Belgium team. It's just uh, the red team playing, and you don't really, to be honest, I have no idea. Uh, how good or bad they played or uh, who was on the pitch at that time it's just yeah the team was playing and you need to you do your job the same way like every week and uh, when I spoke to you last summer something I like you was how I couldn't believe how intimidating the noise was walking into the stadium sometimes and the volume of the crowd and see you talked to me through about what it's like on your side of the umpire and that this was the complete polar opposite, <laughs> met with stonewall silence for basically two fixtures, particularly the Britain versus the Netherlands and Belgium versus the Netherlands. Those are two normally the hot matches with loud crowds. What was it like going into the Wagner Stadion and it being almost empty? It was, yeah, that was the the the, the not good thing in the, this. It was really, it was really sad to be in the Netherlands and have no crowd. It's really like... Uh, really strange, but uh, um, they, they managed to uh, make the stadium look like uh, less empty, to be honest. And uh, the, the, the strange part was the national anthems. Normally, like everybody is singing and there it was really quiet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really strange. But uh, I think during the game, you forget about it. So as the game starts, you are uh, thinking about the game, your mindset is in the game, and then you just, you just forget about it. Yeah, you don't have the, the good crowd for the goal, so whatever, but yeah, it's, yeah it, it was okay. It's just when you enter the pitch and it's all empty, you're like, oh. <laughs> but um, 
uh, everybody was watching on TV. So we got a lot of, uh, of message telling us like, oh, it was nice to watch on TV. So the code was not uh, around the pitch, but we knew for sure that everybody was looking on TV. And that was really a, a good support and uh, nice to, to see people watching. So that was a good, a good spirit. Yeah, so it's actually, uh, obviously, having been pitch side as a photographer and a journalist I have benefited a lot from listening to how the umpires behave and I, I umpire myself and I've learned a lot speaking of yourself Hannah and a few other umpires but uh, a thing I heard a lot from people was the fact there was no crowd meant that people at home could hear what the players were saying to you and you were saying back to the players or to the coaches and vice versa which they've never normally hear so actually in an isolated weird way it was a really good learning opportunity for all the potential umpires at home <laughs> Yeah, for sure, and uh, you can you can have the uh, the feeling of what's going on, why we try a disadvantage and it, it's not working, and sometimes we say on the mics, "Oh, that was not a good one," or "I don't know." It happens. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, it happens. <laughs> or you miss something, like oh, I missed that one. So yeah, we are not ashamed of what we say on the pitch, and if uh, people can uh, can listen, it's always good to have our point of view. And uh, we are humans, so we will make mistakes. And uh, it's all also good to, that the spectator watching remember that. So it's it's nice for us. Um, so having Pro League now now done for the year, uh, you're back for the Honor Division this weekend after a bit of a enforced break. Um, how do you think it's going to be different? I know that I've read that there's some changes coming. Uh, what, what's different this time? I think like. The Pro League, when you're on the pitch, it's just going to be another hockey game. And uh, I think everybody is really happy that uh, we can start again. Uh, it's not like that in the other countries. So we know how, how privileged we are and uh, it's not the same for every sport. So we are really lucky that uh, the Belgium Federation could uh, manage to have a good protocol uh, to let us play. But I think it's like in Pro League, when the first uh, whistle is going to, to, to blow on that pitch, it's going to be another hockey game and it's going to be just fine. It's going to be with no spectators. Uh, but uh, I've seen that uh, the victory, so one of the club uh, in women, uh, they are going to uh, live stream the, the games. So uh, I think it's, it's good. It's, cre it's creating new opportunities for clubs or for people to, to develop hockey on the stream side. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, to be honest, I'm really happy and really glad that we can, we can start again. And I'm really, uh, uh, I don't know you say, so thank you to the Federation to uh, make that protocol. I know it was a little bit uh, challenged by some people because... Uh, uh, a lot of people are working in the hospital and we have a lot of people sick. But still, I think uh, sport is really important to, to, to get through uh, this crisis. So uh, I'm really happy that we can, we can be on the pitch again. And I hope everybody will, uh, will uh, uh, think the same way and will respect and we can uh, finish that uh, first part of the championship uh, before the, the holidays. Sure. Um now, obviously, you had that period of lockdown, and anyone who follows you on Instagram will have seen that you were incredibly active, uh, and you really looked after the fitness side of things. So that, I'm sure, was kind of fine going into the games. But how was the mental side going back into the games? And you'd had weeks and months away from the sport without blowing a whistle, without that sort of 
practice of managing conflict in a game, how was it preparing to go back into that and now back into the honor division? So yeah, um, uh, the fitness is part of my of my focus. So I I did a lot of fitness because I needed to be uh, fit to stay in the in the mindset of the of the sport. So by doing my fitness, I was already thinking hockey because if I'm fit, I can go on the pitch more easily and my brain can work more faster. Let's say <laughs> so that was that was why I did a lot of of sport. Also, when you are in lockdown, you need something to escape. That was my uh, my way of escaping the everything. Uh, normally, I'm not uh, I'm a social person, so I'm not used to stay at home and uh, don't see my family and my friends and don't play hockey. So yeah, it was challenging for me, but uh, by doing sports, uh, it really helped me. So that was my, my first thing. Um, we, had, uh, we have groups of umpire on Facebook, on WhatsApp. So we are still in touch with each other, speaking about hockey, not especially about uh, games, but just in the mindset. And uh, as soon as we could do a practice game, I jump on that occasion. So that was, <laughs> I did, I think, uh, six practice games before the start of the championship in Belgium, just to, to blow that whistle. That, that's the only way for me you can really uh, come back is by, by doing it. So I was, uh, yeah, every time I had the occasion, I, I did a, a practice game and uh, I did the same last week. So in the every rain of Belgium, I did a practice game, <laughs> uh, and that's for me that that's the best way to to go back on the pitch. And uh, even if in the first uh, game of the championship, you know you're gonna make mistake or you know you're gonna have different interpretation, I think the the player understand that. So uh, maybe the first game you are like too slow, or you have a different view of uh, different things on the pitch. But at the end, it's coming back quite uh, quickly so it was yeah all good cool now um you do a lot of indoor umpiring um and for the uninitiated i was just wondering if you could explain first of all the differences on the playing side but also on the umpiring side what the challenges are compared to outdoor umpiring yeah the the big difference is it's way faster (laughs) no but the, the the skills are different it's really not a different sport, but yes, the tactical difference. And um, what I really love in indoor hockey is um, the, uh, not communication, but the interference with the player because they are really close to you. It's really quick. You need to take your decision in, in less than a second. And you don't have the time to think that the ball is already in the other goal. So it's another challenge, but uh, I think uh, umpiring indoor helped me with outdoor. So for me, it's a, a package with uh, both indoor and outdoor. And um, I don't know, I've been in love with indoor since I'm young. I uh, used to play in indoor as well, and I really love that. So yeah, umpiring is the same. It's just different game, but uh, yeah, I, I can't explain why. It's just uh, I love it. And um, yeah, I'm really sad, but I know, I know it's, it was the best option, but I really said that the the indoor World Cup is postponed. But uh, yeah, so. that's it's, I'm very sad. I was due to be there helping out delivering it this time. Uh, I was really looking forward to it. Um, in the UK, indoor hockey unfortunately is nothing like as big as it is in Belgium. Um, so uh, 
yeah, for, for anyone who's listening who's never seen indoor hockey, because majority of our listeners are from Britain, I would strongly encourage you to look it up to have to see what it's like. And if you see it in the UK, honestly, it's nothing like what they do in Belgium. I I played at Wellington uh, last year on their indoor court uh, next to the clubhouse, and it's just the speed is so much different when you're not on a wooden court. Uh, the atmosphere is amazing when you have a crowd. The pace is insane. Um, so, yeah, it's an amazing sport. And I hope Belgium, the, the job that Belgium did delivering the European Championships last year was amazing. The atmosphere was fantastic. The crowd, the vibrancy. So to have that indoors would be incredible. So I'm really hoping that it can still take place uh, and look forward to that. Uh, so once the tournament's done, normally the players tend to kind of let rip and, and have a bit of a party. What's it like for the umpires? Do we see... Kuhn doing uh, Gangnam style or Hannah doing the Macarena? What happens with the umpires and the officials after a tournament? I think the same as the player. <laughs> we uh, enjoy being together and uh, and uh, have uh, uh, not maybe not a big party. I don't know. It depends every tournament. But uh, yeah, being all together, chill and uh, speak about something different than just uh, hockey and games and being focused. It's more like... Uh, to relax and switch your brain. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, every tournament is different. It's different. So it's always a different atmosphere when the tournament is over. So uh, last year in, uh, in uh, Antwerp, uh, the men were done before the women. So it was also uh, not the same. But uh, yeah, every time it's different. Most of the time you have like kind of a party all together. If it's possible, if nobody needs to take the flight uh, really quickly, so it's really um, different every time. But uh, it's always always nice. The end of tournament is always a a nice uh, moment and a great atmosphere. Uh, and obviously, 2020 has been uh, an odd year to say the very least. Um, but we're not far away from the start of 2021. And I was just wondering what are you sort of looking forward to in the coming year? What are your hopes uh, and your sort of goals for the next year or so? So um, first I'm going to look for the, uh, do my best in the, in the Belgium hockey uh, this year, next year, uh, and uh, do a good job in the, in the championship, in um, the European championship in, uh, in Amsterdam. And that's going to be my, my first goal. I don't want to look <laughs> uh, uh, other than that. Uh, of course, one day I really would like to go to the, to the Olympics or to do a, a World Cup in outdoor. But uh, for the moment, I really want to stay focused on the, on the European Championship and the Belgium Championship. And yeah, the rest will follow, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. I hope well, so. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, it's amazing to speak with you, uh, to see you umpire, to be inspired by you. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, thanks to you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.